197 days, 23 hours, 48 minutes, and 27 seconds until we see our Saints again. At least that's what I've got right now, 641 on Tuesday evening. It is February 18th. I hope everyone's doing well. My name is John Hendricks. I'm with Houdat Dish. I am the managing editor for the site. Um, and then for those who don't know, Houdat Dish is part of Fansided, which is part of Sports Illustrated. So I just want to thank everybody and welcome you all to the podcast, our very first ever episode. And we'll kind of get you caught up, uh, much like our website. It's for Saints fans, by Saints fans. So I'm sure everybody's really bummed about the reality that we don't have Saints football for quite a while. But, uh, you know, for writers and for anybody that has to deal with the Saints, the offseason is just as exciting as the regular season sometimes because there's so much behind-the-scenes work that we don't see uh, that, you know, ends up coming to play and, and it's just kind of a one big building block is what we have. And so what, with that, we got, uh, you know, a few things that we recap for this episode. It won't be that long, but just kind of want to give everybody a perspective on what's kind of happened thus far. And either with the Saints, there's been a good bit in the past week. Uh, you know, we started with... Keonta Dawson being re-signed, uh, you know, at a veteran minimum. And again, he's one of those guys that just kind of out of nowhere, nobody really knew anything about. And he came into the to the Saints organization and was able to make a really strong impact. And of course, his infamous play of the year was when he, he helped us beat Atlanta in Atlanta. Um, and in the very same day, we had the Saints release Will Smith and Jabari Greer, Roman Harper, you know, for salary cap purposes, because the, the Saints were up above about 14 million is roughly the the figure that we get and then they announced that they're not going to bring back Jonathan Vilma so all of a sudden you have you know just all these key pieces of the the Saints rebuilding and the championship run and and you know Will Smith is this last guy the Hazlitt era you know all these different storylines that come to play and the reality is, uh, you know, football players just don't last like they used to in, the, in like the 90s where, you know, this player might play through 35 to 38 or whatever the case may be. But now we're seeing these players that are in their early 30s that just don't – their longevity is just not, not there. Um, you know, with Vilma, I had the pleasure of actually interviewing Vilma, and he was one of those guys that's just – you know, it's a shame that he had to go through all that bounty – gate in you know hoopla if you will because he's a really good guy i mean he does great things off the field much like all these players that you know in the nfl things that you just really don't see and for that all to happen you know Velma specifically said that if his knees aren't gonna let him play uh, or his knees are gonna let him play basically and that's just where he's at right now in his career so i mean the good news about Moving those guys out, moving on from those guys is basically Saints saved about $17 million in salary cap space. Um, you know, the salary cap just is, I guess this is the best way I can explain it, okay? For those who don't really know, imagine you are having to play Monopoly and you're only given $1,000 to work with in Monopoly. You have to get all your hotels, your houses, your, you know, whatever the case, the, the properties, all that good stuff within $1,000 a budget. You can't go over. So you have to worry, work with what you got. So it becomes this one giant chess game, if you will, where, 
You know, Mickey Loomis, the general manager for the Saints, has done an exceptional job, in my opinion, over these seasons of just what he's able to do. I mean, it's literally squeezing blood from a turnip uh, of what he's able to accomplish and all the talent that he's able to bring in. But but now we're at a point where with the Jimmy Graham situation, which is going to be in its own right mind, it's going to be one of those things where it's it's going to hurt. Um, you know, Jimmy Graham's going to get paid one way or another. And you got to remember the highest paid tight end in the game right now per year was Zach Miller. And he was about $6.8 million a year if my figures are accurate. Um, and, and you know, for Jimmy to not be paid the highest paid tight end in the league is kind of something that, you know, I think everybody should really at least start at that point. To pay him like a wide receiver – Definitely has a lot of, of things to go along with that that would suggest playing, getting him paid like a wide receiver. Do I think he's Larry Fitzgerald or Calvin Johnson money for triple figures? No, I really don't. I don't. I don't see that happening unless he does something amazingly ridiculous. And for Jimmy Graham, I mean, he's very tough. He's got full of grit, uh, or he's full of grit. Excuse me. And he's just got this thing about him where just it's just so hard to shut him down. But we've seen now in two games this year, or you know, a couple games this year, that he is human, if you will. So he played him through the injuries, like the 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 wrist injury last year, which hey, you know, he led the league in drops, and this year he had the issue with the plantar fasciitis. That was kind of something that maybe hurt him a little bit, but ultimately he's going to get paid, but. At the same time, the Saints aren't going to be able to bring back a lot of people. Um, so with that, you know, you don't know what's going to happen after. So then you move to Valentine's Day. Um, Saints had made a couple of moves, actually. They uh, re-signed cornerback Trevor and Wade to a one-year contract at the veteran minimum. And they also signed Bryce Harris to tackle at a one-year contract for a veteran minimum. Now, with Wade and Harris, the Saints kind of got a, a real bargaining chip, I guess, if you will, because of them being exclusive free agents. So it's kind of one of those situations when you're exclusive free agent, you have to take it or leave it. I mean, you can't go negotiate with another team. So I guess you could say it's a value re-signing with those two guys. Uh, Wade played in a couple games, and, I mean, he actually had to task – they had the task of dealing with Percy Harvin in that, that divisional game. So he kind of stepped up, and we remember what happened with Bryce Harris, uh, you know, starting in Atlanta for Zach Streif and – you know, Streif's not back. Bryce Harris is our man, uh, unless we go to the draft with something. So it's one of those, you know, really smart signings that really fly under the radar. And then we also re-signed uh, Shane Graham, our kicker, to $955,000 contract for a year. Now with that, I guess if I get on my soapbox, is Graham's 36. He's not our long-term answer. I don't even know if he's our short-term answer for this year. Um, you know, the Saints do have another kicker on their roster, which is Derek Dimke. He's kind of a, a project, if you will. Uh, been around the league for a little bit, but just never really given that opportunity to start. You know, he kind of he kind of thought he was going to do something with the Buccaneers, but Lindell ended up edging him out, if you will. But, of course, that all remains to be seen of what's going to end up happening with those guys. Um, you know, beyond that, the Saints probably are sitting around, I think, the $4 million under the cap mark at the moment. And as you know, that that's not going to cut it for signing Jimmy Graham. And they haven't used their franchise tag yet, which uh, Monday was the first day that they actually, teams could actually use their franchise tag. And 
I know Loomis is working hard to try to get Graham some type of deal, but it just doesn't sound like uh, from everything you read that the, 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 the two sides are seeing eye to eye on that. And so it's really going to hurt because there's so many other unrestricted free agents that the team just doesn't, you just don't know what's going to happen at this point. Uh, you know, and I think the other two big holes, and, and if you've read any of my articles, you've seen what I, I believe is our priority. And I think our offensive line is what's really going to need to have that uh, that other priority, if you will. And I think Brian De La Puente is kind of that important building block, if you will. And I think Streif is too, but I don't think many people value a right tackle like they do a left tackle, like the, the Teron Armstead, if you will. Um, but, you know, the Saints have so many of these unrestricted free agents, and they got the restricted free agents like Morgan and Bush, uh, Collins. You know, they got a few of those guys that should be back, no problem, as a Saint. Um, but you only hope that because with Jimmy Graham, he, he could potentially just destroy the salary cap and really just prohibit some talent from staying on the Saints. And, you know, we were fortunate with the draft class that we got in 2013 with the, all the starters and and even the undrafted people. I mean, it, my goodness, I, I, I can't think of a more successful draft class than what we had this year because at some point or another, one point or another, almost every single player, whether they were undrafted or drafted rookies, were playing for the Saints and starting for the Saints, and they made an impact. And that's great and a credit to the scouting team for sure. And, you know, Peyton had that long year, and, and somebody like a Kyrie Robinson was just an amazing find. And, you know, he all reminds us of Chris Ivory and such. But uh, this, the salary cap, I just don't think we've seen the last of people being released. Um I really don't see Bunkley staying too much. I mean, even though he's still going to get a good payday because he did restructure last year. And then Lance Moore, I mean, if you cut Lance Moore right now, he's about $2.5 million in savings. And, you know, I love Lance Moore. He's a great wide receiver. I think he's, his besides his dancing antics and stuff. But ultimately, when you look at it and you slice it, Lance is just a part-time receiver. I mean, he had that great 2012 season. But he really fell off this year. And, I mean, whether it's the emergence of Graham that kind of, you know, dictated that, whatever the case may be, I mean, you know, fans are just going to have to accept that guys like Lance Moore probably aren't going to be back in the Saints uniform. Um, same thing with Bunkley and, you know, a lot of other people because as tough as it was to see Jabari go and Roman Harper and Will Smith and, and, and Vilma, you know, it's just a, a thing that changes. You know, we're building our own type dynasty to compete and, and we really you know we're, we're going in one direction and obviously I hope everyone can see it so let's go ahead and answer some uh some fan mail and I gotta pre say I appreciate everybody who did respond and was on board I mean you guys on on Twitter and Facebook are so supportive and you know I guess you could look at this website I mean we've been around since I guess 2008 I believe is the year we started uh who that dish was started and I think from a perspective since I've been the managing editor, this is the most involved I've seen Saints fans just just be. And, and i got to say I really do appreciate everything that you guys do. We'll start with Larry from New Orleans who writes in and says uh, or asks, well, do the Saints have any chance of bringing anybody in from free agency? And what priorities would you have? Uh, well, it's a good question. 
as far as the money goes, I mean, just what I talked about, Jimmy Graham is, is kind of one of those guys that are going to dictate how the Saints end up going. And, uh, you know, restructures or not with some of the players, you got to remember that it's just a, a Band-Aid solution, if you will, because, you know, you can't do anything to Colston this year. You can't do anything to Lofton necessarily because if you – I mean, you can't cut those guys because they're going to get – they're going to actually cost us way more money, but – if you restructure them, I mean, you're giving them more money up front to take a, a less base salary, which it works, but you spread that out over the rest of their contract is usually what happens. Um, as far as priorities go, you know, I would love it if we could get a, a number two corner out of free agency, uh, somebody who's getting close to their prime or in their prime like Keenan Lewis was. I mean, he was the most amazing find I think we've had in, in free agency in quite some time. Uh, you know, obviously other players aside, but he, he's just been amazing, and I don't think he gets near enough credit that he, he should get. But, uh, you know, I even just said we should look at a kicker. You know, they had Stephen Hoshka of Seattle was a candidate, and, and Nick Folt too, because I think the Saints really have to worry about their long-term plan for the kicking game. Um, I think linebacker were fine. I, I've said many times, and if not aside free agency, I, I see, think we should bring back a guy like Paris Harrison. I think he's a fantastic linebacker, and I really think he proved a lot of people wrong when we brought him over from San Francisco after he had that injury and was out of all of 2012. But ultimately, I'm going to just say the number one priority would have to be cornerback for me. I just don't, I don't see how we're going to be able to keep having a, 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 a such a, a good, strong defense like we did if we don't have those pieces in the secondary because uh, you got to give some help and – you know, you got to think about it. You don't have Jenkins, Harper, Greer, and, and, and now you're suddenly looking at Keenan Lewis, and maybe it's Patrick Robinson. We don't know because his injury and, and such, um, how he's rehabbing, but it's Corey White is right now. Is who, <laughs> if you had to fill a healthy team right now, Corey White. And then Kenny Vaccaro is going to come back, obviously. And then the safety, they haven't locked up Raphael Bush. Um, you know, he's a restricted free agent, but I would love to see Bush and Vaccaro be the, the starting safeties if we don't bring back Jenkins. But uh, I think those those that answer your question, Larry, that that's what I look at. This question comes from Mary in Utah. Um, it's asking, let's see, I'm sorry, I can't read right now. Which player do you think is due to make a huge comeback in 2014? Well, I think it's... It's going to come down to guys we probably have heard of or may not have heard of that are just going to end up kind of wowing us. And I think, honestly, there's a, a more with less type mentality. And, you know, when, when I said that Lance Moore may not be back in a Saints uniform, the guy I think of immediately is Andy Tanner. Um, you know, he's been given so many chances and he just hasn't reached that, that plateau. He just hasn't been given that shot. And, you know, with Meacham being an unrestricted free agent and then with Lance Moore question his question uh features in question and then joe morgan's even a restricted free agent so i think a guy like andy tanner is, is, is probably about to start seeing a lot more in the saints offense i think nick toon has got a hell of a lot to prove this season i mean he started what a couple of handful of games this this season and seemed like after that jets game where he kind of bob bobbled the ball and just didn't get it done you know that kind of just punished him i guess if you will but uh, guys we haven't really heard about, um, you know, I think from the practice squad, a, a guy like Kyle Knox is somebody I'd take a look at. Um, 
he's a linebacker. We got exclusive rights on. Uh, you know, guys like that is who I would see. And there's a couple other guys on the practice squad that they're really going to make their presence felt. Last one I'm going to answer is from Tim and Lafayette. And Tim asked, which game of 2014 are you looking most forward to? Uh, this, this one's a great question. And I think, um, it's kind of a, a loaded question, if you will, because I think from a home perspective, it, you, it, that's the way I look at it. I look at home and away games. Home wise, I I'd say, I mean, it's so tough because you got Green Bay that comes to town, you know, they beat us, uh, up in their, their area. I'm sorry, in their stadium, Right after they won the Super Bowl, so there's kind of one of those revenge games there. Um, Minnesota is always one of those opponents you're just ready to to kind of ram into the dirt. Um, Bengals have a very talented secondary. I'd really be interested to see how AJ Green matches up against Keenan Lewis. Um, and I mean, San Francisco's coming back to town again, and we also have our regular three. But I think the most uh, the, the, the most anticipated game I have for a home game is Baltimore. And I can tell you a couple reasons why. First of all, I've got a, a buddy of mine who's a real good, a real, real heavy uh, Ravens fan, has his Ray Lewis jersey and all that. And we actually all went up to Baltimore to watch the game. And I'll tell you, we had a, such a fantastic time. But Baltimore is the only team that Drew Brees hasn't beat in, in the NFL. And so I think for the Saints – that's going to be the game I look forward to most at home, um, especially because they've retooled a, a good bit with the, the Ravens. I think they're trying to get Ray Rice more involved, and they just announced that they're going to uh, they re-sign Terrell Suggs, and he's going to stay in, in the team. And I think there's a lot to look forward to with that. As far as away goes, I mean, I think with – all the play teams that we play, I mean, Dallas is always a good one. I mean, but, you know, you got to remember we've pretty much rubbed their, rubbed, rubbed their faces in the dirt every time we played them recently. I mean, the Lions could be interesting. Uh, the Bears seems like we always get to go play up in Chicago. And this last year we kind of got that monkey off our back. But uh, I kind of like the, uh, the Steelers game. I, I just – I really think these AFC North opponents are going to be one of those real fun, tough – Games, even with Cleveland, and I, I say that loosely because Cleveland came into the Dome the other year and uh, kind of beat us, you know, shocked us with Rob Ryan and Scott Vegeta and all that. But I think the Steelers going to play in Pittsburgh and, you know, with their powered offense and, and such. I, I just see all our AFC North opponents, it, it's going to just be a, a fun type Battle, and I, I don't say it's going to be a blowout or a shootout. I just think it's going to just be real good football. Um, so thank you, appreciate that. So in summary, uh, I just tell you guys that you know this is just about uh, everything I've worked on has been a couple weeks, I guess, in the making. I've been thinking about something like this for quite a while, and um, I really do appreciate everybody's support and, and words of encouragement, if you will. Uh, and you know, I just ask to spread the word and, and if you like what we write just spread us or spread us through facebook and and tweet us and just get us get us going and uh we'll keep bringing you news and as it unfolds and kind of help be that voice for who nation so i just want to thank who nation for tuning in um i want to thank anybody else who tuned in for sure and of course if you have anything hit us up on on Twitter, who dat dish? Uh, you can always hit me up on Twitter. It's at John J Hendricks, 
And if you have any feedback, also email us. It's at uh, whodatdishfs at gmail.com. Thanks, guys.